0: News Nation this hour, I'm Gabe Salgado. As the Omicron variant continues to spread at a rapid pace, the demand for COVID-19 tests continues to grow. But the demand has gotten so high in some areas that tests are in short supply. Jenna Barnes reports from News Nation affiliate WGN.
1: The Biden administration promising half a billion free at-home tests will be available to anyone who wants one next month. But that doesn't help anyone trying to get tested now.
0: I got here and they were down to the last two tubes, so I'm heading over to the next one.
1: More reason to get vaccinated, especially kids who are eligible. New York issuing an urgent advisory to pediatricians because hospitalizations in children rose fourfold there in less than three weeks, a faster rate than adults over the same amount of time.
0: Health experts continue to say that vaccination is the best defense against the coronavirus. Lawyers for five men accused of plotting to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer last year asked the judge to dismiss the case. They filed the motion Saturday night. Much of the argument is related to former FBI agent Richard Trask, who criticized President Trump and his supporters and was recently convicted on a misdemeanor domestic violence charge. The defendants claim investigators invented a conspiracy to entrap them. A sixth defendant, Ty Garbin, already pleaded guilty back in January and was sentenced to six years in prison. Russian President Vladimir Putin says he will take, quote, adequate military measures if NATO offers membership to Ukraine. In televised remarks yesterday, Putin pushed the U.S. to swiftly respond to its demands and meet for security talks. Russia is demanding that NATO deny membership to Ukraine and other former Soviet countries while rolling back military deployments in both Central and Eastern Europe. Putin said that Russia has been pushed to a line it cannot cross. Both the U.S. and NATO have agreed to security talks, but cited NATO's principle that membership is open to any qualifying country. And holiday sales rose at the fastest pace in 17 years, even as shoppers grappled with higher prices, product shortages, and a raging new COVID variant. AP correspondent Julie Walker reports.
1: MasterCard Spending Pulse, which tracks all kinds of payments, including cash and debit cards, reports holiday sales were up 8.5% from the year before. They'd expected a smaller increase. In fact, holiday sales also rose from even before the pandemic in 2019, and online sales rose 61% from that same time. Purchases of clothing and jewelry led the way, with electronics following. A broader picture will be revealed in January when the National Retail Federation releases their their figures. I'm Julie Walker.
0: Find NewsNation on your cable or satellite provider and stay up to date around the clock at newsnationnow.com and on the NewsNation Now app. I'm Gabe Salgado.
2: Local weather. Travel disruptions possible Tuesday. Monday scattered showers before 7 a.m., then a chance of rain between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. Mostly cloudy with a high near 51. Southeast wind 10 to 15 miles per hour becoming west in the afternoon. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 30 percent. Monday night mostly cloudy, with a low around 31. West wind 10 to 15 miles per hour becoming light and variable after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Tuesday snow and freezing rain likely before 8 a.m. then snow between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. then rain after 3 p.m. High near 38. Southeast wind 5 to 15 miles per hour with gusts as high as 25 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 100%. Little or no ice accumulation expected. New snow accumulation of around an inch possible. Tuesday night rain, mainly before 7 p.m. Low around 34. Southeast wind 5 to 15 miles per hour becoming west after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 25 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 80%. Wednesday mostly cloudy with a high near 40. Wednesday night a chance of rain and snow before 11 p.m., then a chance of snow and freezing rain between 11 p.m. and 1 a.m., then a slight chance of freezing rain after 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 27. Chance of precipitation is 30%. Thursday partly sunny, with a high near 36 here is a national significant weather story from the National Weather Service. Short-range forecast discussion, NWS Weather Prediction Center, College Park, MD. 259 amist mon the 27th of December, 2021. Valid 12 zulu mon the 27th of December, 2021. 12 zulu wet the 29th of December, 2021. Significant snowfall to continue for portions of West Coast mountain ranges and the Intermountain West, record cold for parts of the West Coast, a pair of storm systems to bring snow and an icy wintry mix to the upper Midwest, Great Lakes, and Northeast, marginal risk for excessive rainfall from the mid-Mississippi Valley to the Ohio Valley on Tuesday, record warm temperatures expected for broad areas of the South. Dangerously cold wind chills in the northern High Plains, elevated risk for fire weather in the High Plains. The unrelenting troughing pattern over the west coast finally makes its way a little farther east to kick off the final week of 2021. This results in an increasingly active storm track in the east as storm systems originating out west track through the eastern half of the lower 48 this week. The first storm is unfolding in the Upper Midwest this morning with its associated shield of precipitation stretching from northern Minnesota to the northern Mid-Atlantic. Periods of snow in parts of the Upper Midwest and northern Great Lakes will generally lead to light accumulations, but totals over 6 inches are possible in the Minnesota Arrowhead. Farther east Warmer air aloft will support the potential for an icy-wintry mix in the central Great Lakes and northern Mid-Atlantic. Travel delays due to icy conditions are possible in these regions, both on the ground and in the air. As this storm system weakens Monday evening, the next storm system already causing heavy mountain snow along the west coast on Monday will track across the Intermountain West Monday night and into Tuesday morning. The Sierra Nevada are expected to receive another 1 to 2 feet of snow with totals up to 3 feet possible in the highest elevations. From the Waysatch to the Colorado Rockies, mountain snow totals appear to be on the order of 8 to 12 inches with localized amounts up to 2 feet. This next western U.S. storm system then heads into the plains by Tuesday where a strengthening low-pressure system is primed to bring another round of wintry weather to the upper Midwest with anywhere from a coating to 6 inches possible. Light but still potentially travel disruptive ice accumulations, from a glaze to a tenth of an inch, may ensue from Iowa and the central Great Lakes Tuesday morning, to the interior northern mid-Atlantic by Tuesday evening. Look for periods of rain and even some thunderstorms to break out across the Ohio Valley and into the Mid-South. Excessive rainfall could lead to localized flash flooding, prompting the issuance of a marginal risk from southern Missouri to the Ohio Valley on Tuesday. Temperature-wise, the slight eastward push of the upper trough in the west allows for more Canadian air to spill in behind it throughout the western third of the country. The coldest temperatures for the period will be focused in the northern high plains where daytime highs in Montana and North Dakota will struggle to get above zero. Blustery conditions will also lead to dangerously cold wind chills ranging as low cold as minus 30 to minus 50 degrees, leading to the issuance of wind chill warnings and advisories. Some record cold lows and cold max temps are possible up and down the west coast today, including the Pacific Northwest where metro areas such as Seattle and Portland may not get above freezing today. Meanwhile, the southern and eastern U.S. continue to be under the influence of upper-level ridging over the southeast, causing very warm southerly flow to keep much above normal temps in the forecast through midweek. Parts of the south-central U.S. will soar into the 70s and 80s once again this afternoon, with temperatures becoming warmer across much of the deep south by Tuesday. Numerous record warm highs and lows are on tap Tuesday and should continue into Wednesday. The abnormally warm conditions Mixed with dry conditions and gusty winds keeps elevated risks for fire weather in the fold across portions of the central and southern high plains today and Tuesday. Mulanix.
0: From the Black Information Network. This is the BIM daily update. I'm
1: Vanessa Tyler.
3: And I'm Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network.
1: An ex-cop learns her fate. In Hennepin County, state of Minnesota, find the defendant guilty. The nearly all-white jury finds Kim Potter guilty of killing Dante Wright on both counts of manslaughter, even though the now former Brooklyn Center Minnesota white cop swears it was a mistake when she pulled her service gun instead of her taser, shooting the 20-year-old black man. During a traffic stop last April, she even broke down as she testified. But it wasn't her intention, it was her negligence. The 26 year veteran should have known better. It cost her freedom. She was immediately taken into custody. Sentencing is early next year. She faces a maximum of 15 years in prison.
3: George Floyd was also killed by a white Minnesota cop, but back when he lived in Texas, he was arrested by a Houston officer that even Texas prosecutors say lied in his past cases. So there was an effort to get Texas Republican Governor Greg Abbott to posthumously pardon Florida that drug arrest, but that was stopped in its tracks where the Texas Board of Pardons and Paroles rescinded the recommendation for pardon. The board cited a procedural error, critics don't believe that, blaming Republican pressure and politics.
4: A
1: Miami Florida airport officer will not be charged in this argument at Miami International with a black woman. What's After they exchanged words, viral video shows cop Antonio Rodriguez rearing back his arm and forcefully hitting the woman directly in her face before they began to tussle back in July 2020. Police say the woman, who did not have on a mask, was allegedly drunk and aggressive. The cop has since retired.
3: The indignity of segregation still won't let them rest in peace. A black cemetery was discovered on the grounds of a newly constructed elementary school in New Milford, New Jersey. The old cemetery was in a Field, east of the parking lot of the Bertrand Gibbs School. One city official says it's likely the remains were not disturbed as the foundation was laid for the school. History shows blacks were excluded from white cemeteries, so we built our own. Many burial grounds are now being rediscovered as the land is used for new purposes.
1: Another horror of this pandemic, COVID orphans, children who lost one or both parents to the virus. People Magazine tells the story of when a black single mother died in Florida, her children made a commitment to stay together. The oldest is 24-year-old Jenny Burroughs, a judge just approved her petition of legal guardian for her siblings, Zoe, 15, Sierra, 12, and her brother, Trey, who was 20. Their mother, Cindy Dawkins, died of COVID back in August. It is estimated 167,000 children have been orphaned by the pandemic. And a black woman holds the gavel in the city of Miami. Christine King makes history as the chairwoman of the city commission. She will lead all the meetings. King, who was born in Guyana, but was raised in the predominantly black Liberty City, Florida. I'm Vanessa Tyler with Mike Stevens on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network.
3: I'm Mike Stevens,
1: And I'm Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24 7 News, the Black Information Network.
3: Her lawyers said making a mistake was not a crime but the jury disagreed and called it manslaughter. Former Minnesota police officer Kim Potter was found guilty in the death of African American Dante Wright. Black Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison who also led the prosecution of Derek Chauvin in the death of George Floyd spoke after the verdict saying he was pleased but this is
0: really not justice. Accountability is not justice. Justice is restoration. Justice would be restoring Dante to life and making the right family whole again.
3: The judge ordered Potter's bail to be revoked. She was taken away in handcuffs. She'll be sentenced early next year.
1: Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, a city with a 50% black population, but yet the city's white mayor, Jim Kenney, has a cabinet made up mostly of white people. White workers also make up more than half of the city of Philadelphia workforce, with some earning salaries of $90,000 a year. Many are calling for not only equity in those high-paying jobs, but also diversity
3: in City Hall. In Portsmouth, Virginia, it was a different kind of Christmas party. This one was for a handful of black men who are incarcerated and therefore can't go home for the holiday to be with their loved ones. So instead, their family was brought to the jail.
1: A lot of times the child's Christmas wish is for the father to be home for the holidays. And since we can't get him home, we're giving them like a piece of their Christmas wish by having them to come here tonight to celebrate with them.
3: That's one of the organizers of the event, African-American Dr. Jacqueline Walker of the MAN Foundation. MAN stands for Men Alleviating Negativity. The hope is this will help the men and their kids to go to a different direction in life once they're released. Black Portsmouth (laughs) Mayor Shannon Glover also spoke at the event to encourage the men.
1: Items on display at the Bowling Green Kentucky African-American Museum have been moved elsewhere for safekeeping. That's because of a huge fire there. And just before that, the building was damaged By a recent tornado that claimed several black lives. It's not clear how bad the damage is at the building or if anything irreplaceable was destroyed.
3: We've been telling you about the 50th anniversary of the iconic Soul Train TV show this year. Ever wonder how that version of the theme song came to be? Well, legendary black Chicago, Illinois broadcaster Joe Cobb told the Urban Streaming Channel about it
0: a few years ago. He had approached me about doing the commercials for the program. As I read, I said, Channel 26, The Soul Train, and I just did it like that. Yeah, I did it as a joke, honestly. <laughs> so Don uh, was impressed with it. He said, I like that, I like that. Do that again for me.
3: And legendary host Don Cornelius says the show was a hit from the beginning. The public was ready for it. I mean, people were just talking. I mean, two days after it was on the air, you couldn't go anywhere. And, and, you know, brothers and sisters weren't talking about it. Soul Train aired nationwide from 1971 through 2006. 35 marvelous years. I'm Mike Stevens with Vanessa Tyler on your home for 24-7 News, the Black Information Network. In
4: 2022... Oxfam will fight inequality to create a future of equal rights and equal treatment so that everyone can thrive, not just survive. At OxfamAmerica.org learn how you can offer life-saving support to people experiencing crises right now while working to tackle the root causes of poverty and injustice for the long term. Together let's make equality a reality at OxfamAmerica.org sponsored by Oxfam America.
0: Your money on the Black
6: Information Network. President Biden is citing progress in reducing supply chain bottlenecks.
5: Packages are moving. Gifts are being delivered.
6: Shelves are not empty. Biden convened a meeting of his supply chain task force and said the economy is continuing a robust recovery. He insisted the economy was in a state of crisis when he took office.
5: The economy I inherited nearly a year ago wasn't just in crisis. It wasn't working for working people. It's about time the middle class and working class people got a shot. America is the only leading economy in the world where household incomes and the economy as a whole are stronger than they were before the pandemic.
6: The president noted that gas prices are coming back down after peaking last month, and he stressed that his administration remains keenly focused on curbing inflation. Rite Aid plans to close more than 60 stores across the U.S. The drugstore chain said the closures are part of an ongoing review as it determines how many locations it actually needs. The company noted the goal is to reduce costs and increase profitability. It did not provide a list of the stores slated to close. Rite Aid operates more than 2,400 retail pharmacy locations nationwide. Money news at 24 and 54 minutes past each hour. I'm Julius White on the Black Information Network.
4: In 2022, Oxfam will fight inequality to create a future of equal rights and equal treatment so that everyone can thrive, not just survive. At OxfamAmerica.org, learn how you can offer life-saving support to people experiencing crises right now while working to tackle the root causes of poverty and injustice for the long term. Together, let's make equality a reality at OxfamAmerica.org. Sponsored by Oxfam America. Download
1: the BIN Daily Update every morning on the iHeartRadio app.
7: Welcome to 2021 Talks, where we're following our democracy
1: in historic times.
6: His continuing to say that people should get vaccinated and articulating that to them, in my mind, is a good thing. I hope he keeps it up.
1: Chief
7: White House Medical Advisor Anthony Fauci on former President Donald Trump's public support of COVID-19 vaccinations. Trump was recently booed by a conservative crowd when he said he received his booster shot. New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio says residents will receive $100 for getting their boosters. Meanwhile, a new study finds the COVID-19 vaccine saved the U.S. economy more than $400 billion. The shots lightened the load on the healthcare system and kept employees well enough to work. More than 6,000 flights worldwide were canceled over Christmas weekend as airlines continue to grapple with the Omicron variant and staffing shortages. Reuters transportation reporter David Shepherdson says the industry is shorthanded.
3: They're looking for more pilots, flight attendants, in part because you know some airlines offered significant buyouts and early retirements, and and the, the the demand has come back faster than some of those airlines had forecasted.
7: President Joe Biden and the First Lady hailed Archbishop Desmond Tutu of South Africa in a statement Sunday. Tutu, 90, died the morning after Christmas in Cape Town. He was central to the movement that ended apartheid. Tornado damage in western Kentucky is complicating domestic violence prevention there. Tori Henninger of Bowling Green's Barron River Area Safe Space says a lack of phone or internet access, as well as the need for basic shelter, can prevent people from seeking help. She says that can cause a person to stay with their abuser. There's a potential for increase in domestic
1: violence when people feel threatened, when people are nervous and concerned and they don't have their needs met, when situations are heightened explosive abusive
7: incidents occur. Tax credits and payments to companies that capture and store carbon emissions are a key feature of President Joe Biden's 1.9 trillion dollar Build Back Better Act. State environmental advocates say West Virginia's economy could gain from that emerging technology. Jim Probst with the state's Citizens Climate Lobby.
8: So if West Virginia can find a way to capture uh, carbon from the smokestacks of our Fired plants that can keep them running and keep coal miners working.
7: West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin continues to oppose Build Back Better, citing concerns over the bill's cost and inflation. Finally, NASA says so far so good for the world's most powerful telescope. The space agency successfully launched the James Webb Space Telescope into orbit and has, so far at least, been able to deploy the satellite's complex systems. I'm Nadia Ramlagan for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at public newservice.org
5: The number of Midwestern monarch butterflies has declined rapidly in recent decades, but a new bill pending before Congress could stabilize their population. The bipartisan Recovering America’s Wildlife Act would allocate nearly $1.4 billion dollars annually to states to implement new conservation strategies for many threatened species. Emily Wood, with the Indiana Wildlife Federation, says the money would increase the state’s current conservation budget more than tenfold.
4: So here in Indiana, if that legislation were to pass, we would be adding about $14 million to our conservation budget, which now typically receives less than a million. We have less than a million dollars to handle all of the 150 species with
5: action plan. Indiana is one of the Monarch's major breeding grounds, but due to human activity, the pollinator's native habitats have been restricted. In 2017, the most recent year such data is available, a census of Hoosier Monarchs tallied about 193,000 butterflies, down from more than 1.2 million in 1997. Wood says the Recovering America's Wildlife Act wouldn't specifically target Hoosier monarchs for conservation, but she explains that helping out the state's other threatened species will provide positive benefits for the butterflies.
4: When you restore habitat for a lot of other threatened and endangered species here in the state of Indiana, you are also restoring monarch habitat because a lot of those are just returning natural areas you know, to prairies or grasslands.
5: Environmental groups petitioned to add the monarch to the federal endangered species list last year. The Fish and Wildlife Service rejected the request, determining the butterfly warrants listing, but there isn't enough funding and resources to handle widespread conservation of the pollinator. Rebecca Quiñones-Piñón, Chief Monarch Recovery Strategist with the National Wildlife Federation, says the monarch's population decline is a good indicator of the health of other pollinator species.
2: The monarch butterfly should
7: serve as a wake-up call to the threats that many other pollinators across our country are facing.
5: The Recovering America's Wildlife Act was introduced into the House of Representatives in April. It has not yet been scheduled for a vote. For the Indiana News Service, I'm Jonah Chester. Find our eight trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org.
9: From Feature Story News in London, I'm Benji Hire. Australia has recorded its first confirmed death from the Omicron variant of COVID-19 amid another surge in daily infections. The man in his 80s had underlying health conditions. The fresh outbreak in Australia comes as the country lifts restrictions on most domestic borders and after it allows nationals to return from overseas without quarantine. That's driving up case numbers to the highest levels since the start of the pandemic. Authorities, however, are refraining from imposing new restrictions as hospital admission rates remain low. Meanwhile, police officers investigating a security breach at Windsor Castle on Christmas Day have confirmed they're looking into a video appearing to show a masked man with a crossbow, understood to be the 19-year-old intruder held by police after being caught in the grounds of the castle having scaled a spiked fence with a rope ladder. Rachel Venables has more details.
2: The video seems to show a masked figure, all in black, holding a crossbow and speaking with a distorted voice as they say they want to assassinate the Queen in a revenge mission. We know a 19-year-old man arrested on Christmas Day near Windsor Castle has been detained under the Mental Health Act.
9: Talks to salvage the 2015 Iran nuclear deal are resuming in Vienna, Austria, with the chief EU negotiator calling for the pace of negotiations to pick up. Diplomats from the countries still in the deal, that's China, Britain, France, Germany and Russia, are taking part in direct talks with Iran, whilst the United States is participating indirectly. And tributes continue to pour in following the death of Archbishop Desmond Tutu, one of the giants of South Africa's anti-apartheid movement who passed away at the weekend at the age of 90. The Nobel Peace Prize winner was diagnosed with prostate cancer over a decade ago, but he continued to remain active politically until the end of his life. God can use uh,
8: almost any kind of instrument, and I was one of those instruments that uh, God used in our uh, in our particular situation, and uh, it's been a very great privilege.
9: That was the Archbishop in 2007. Our US correspondent Simon Marks interviewed Mr Tutu on numerous occasions and says his spirit was simply unquenchable. I've never encountered anyone like him actually. He was five foot four, diminutive of stature, but stronger than steel. He was an imp. He had a devilish sense of humour, a laugh that was completely infectious and the courage to stand up for civil rights in South Africa at a time when the leaders of the anti-apartheid movement were all either jailed or banned. The apartheid authorities felt very constrained in their ability to silence him. He read Margaret the riot act in person he encouraged American students to lead the divestment campaign that ultimately led the Reagan White House to abandon its support for the government in Pretoria he was an absolute joy to be with from bureaus worldwide this is FSN
8: since this is the day after Christmas I wanted to, to share a poem with you this morning It's titled, T'was the Day After Christmas. T'was the day after Christmas and all through the house, every creature was hurting, even the mouse. The toys were all broken, their batteries were dead. Santa passed out with some ice on his head. Wrapping and ribbons covered the floor, while upstairs the family continued to snore. And I, in my T-shirt, new Reeboks and jeans, went into the kitchen and started to clean. When out on the lawn there arose such a clatter, I sprang from the sink to see what was the matter. Away to the window I flew like a flash, tore open the curtains and threw up the sash. When what to my wondering eyes should appear but a little white truck with an oversized mirror? The driver was smiling so lively and grand, the patch on his jacket said, U.S. postman. With a handful of bills, he grinned like a fox. Then quickly he stuffed them into our box. Bill after bill after bill, they still came, whistling and shouting. He called them by name. Now Amazon, now Kohl's, now Pennies and Sears. Here's Macy's and Target and Old Navy. They're all here. To the tip of your limit, every store, every mall, now charge away, charge away, charge away all. He hooped and he whistled as he f- finished his work, he filled up the box and then turned with a jerk. He sprang to his truck and dr- as he drove down the road, driving much faster with just half a load. Then I heard him exclaim with the great holiday cheer, "Enjoy what you got, you'll be paying all year." <clears throat> Christmas has come and gone. It's and I hope you had a I'm seriously when I say that I hope you had a good Christmas, all of you. I really do. Grand and glorious, the the most wonderful time of the year, someone once said, but at the same time it's difficult for other people because other people, you know, have, have, have lost loved ones. Changes of going on in their lives, and, and tragedies happen every day that we're, we're not aware of. But it's all over for another year, you see, and we're just about ready to, to, to flip the calendar to a new year, but today we flip just to a day after Christmas. We could call this upcoming week the, the life goes on week, or maybe the come down from the mountaintop week. Because it's time to get back into the to the real world, I guess we could say. A, a world faced with hope, but also a world that's faced with everyday uncertainty, as as we all know. This is the time of year when you start hearing people say, Did you have a good Christmas? And and sometimes you really don't know what to say. Because I really don't know what they mean. Did they mean did you have a good Christmas like they asked little kids? Did you, did you get all your presents that you wanted? Or as an adult, they, I think they mean, was, was your family all here for Christmas? Was anyone sick? And did you have good food games on Christmas Day? So hopefully most of us say, yep, we did have a good Christmas. more positive things in our lives, and there are negative things at this time of year. But Christmas really is over, you see. We've still got some ways to go. We aren't through it completely because we're still waiting with great anticipation for the second coming of Christ. We're still in the midst of it all. We're, we're still on our way. We're, we're not quite there yet from what we've been talking about during Advent these last few weeks. We're still far, far away from where we're supposed to be. Or, or to quote the words of, of U2's famous song, we we still haven't found what we're looking for. The story from Luke is the only childhood story about Jesus in any of the four Gospels. Some 30 years of life of the most recognized man in the world, I guess we could say, has been reduced down to a couple of childhood stories, including the story that Keith read to us this morning. And that's it. Just the, it's, it's the whole life story of Jesus growing up. Not terribly satisfying to someone who, who wants to dig deeper in the life of Jesus because there's, there's really nowhere to go. So we have to wonder what kind of kid was he? Was he like us? Was he better behaved than we were? Or was he not as well behaved as we were? Well, we'll never know because we, there's nothing to, to tell us. Some scholars have suggested that the purpose of this story this morning is to combat what is called the adoptionist theory of Christology. What it says is that at some point in time, it was suggested that Jesus was just an ordinary person like any of us until he was baptized by John the Baptist in the River Jordan. All those stories about the dove descending down upon him and and the spirit resting on him didn't take place until the moment after he was baptized, these people say. And at that moment, that's when God adopted him, these theorists say. That's when God adopted him, and Jesus then became the Son of God. So until all that happened, for these 30 years before he started his ministry, Jesus, they say, was no different than you or me. But Luke takes issues with this adoptionist theory stuff. Luke says that Jesus was always the Son of God by birth, and Jesus knew that he was the Son of God, even as he was a 12-year-old child from the story that we just heard. Well, his family made the trip to, to Passover to Jerusalem every year. It was, it was part of the law that said if you're Jewish and you live outside of Jerusalem, you're supposed to come to Passover every year. But not every Jew did, you know, and, and only the devout ones came every year. And that's why Luke tells us this morning that Jesus' family came every year to prove that they were devout followers of God. And since they'd been there before, they—they, it was really no big deal to them, I guess we could say. The people always came and went the same way, always in large groups to provide safety, of course, and always in large groups to, to provide fellowship, to have a good time while you're walking mile after mile after mile, and they always went in groups so that you could kind of share the responsibility for watching over the kids and and taking care of neighborhood kids, I guess we could say. The the men usually went in the front, the middle, the women in the middle, and then the kids brought up the back, but they ran back and forth, to and fro, as, as kids do throughout the world, I guess. But it all happened on the way back home. On the way back from Jerusalem, Joseph must have assumed that that Mary knew where Jesus was, and Mary must have assumed that Joseph knew. They'd been out traveling for a whole day, and then they discovered Jesus was missing. And if you're a parent, well, you know, you know the feeling when you can't find your child. I think I've told you a story when we took our grandkids to the county fair one time. We, Ended up, Karen couldn't find our one granddaughter, Gabby, and she went berserk. And come to find out, Gabby was following me over to buy tickets that I didn't know about. You know, it's but it's a it's a feeling of sheer panic when you can't find your kid or your grandkid. And I'm I think we'd probably all be safe to say we've lost track of our kids before in the grocery store or in a department store where they're over in the in the toy section where we find them or they're underneath the clothes racks where you can't see them i think that's where our grandkids like to hang out under the clothes rack luke says that he was missing for three days and and and, you know you can't imagine the the gut-wrenching feeling of of having your child missing for three days The, the tears they must have shed and the guilt that they must have felt and and after going back and looking for him and looking and looking and looking back, in the, they went into the bookstores and they went into Old Navy and they went into Target and they found him in the temple of all places. Look what you've done, she said. Why did you treat us this way? It's almost as if Mary is accusing Jesus of, of, of doing all this on purpose that he did it to spite him or to to hurt him for some reason. You and your father, your father and I didn't know where you were. We thought somebody took you. We haven't slept for days. Why, 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 she says. And, And Jesus turns back and he says, what do you mean why, why, why? Why were you searching for me? Don't you know, aren't you smart enough to know that the only place I would be would be in my father's house? Or some translations put it, my father's business, in, in my father's business. And this is what Luke wants us to see this morning. Very gently, you see, he puts it in a, in a very definite matter. Jesus takes the, way, takes the name father away from Joseph and he gives God the name of Father. He switches Father, see? And that's one of the developmental tasks of of every child, I think, and a teenager and even young adults. It's it's, it's, it's so we can find ourselves, find out who we are to discover and and affirm our identity. And we go back and we ask ourselves, well, what does affirm our identity? Family defines our identity, religious experiences define our identity, we have a sense of vocation of who we are, what we want to be, and we have dreams and and ideals of what we want to be. So in his 12th year, he kid's 12 years old, when he has manhood kind of looming out on the horizon... Luke wants us to see that Jesus realized his identity. He realized his relationship to God at that point in time when he was 12 years old. Long before his baptism, long before the Spirit of God settled on him in the middle of the river, long before he took his journey into the wilderness, Jesus affirms his identity and he affirms his relationship with God in the temple that day. But it's that first sentence, I think, that's meant to draw each of us into the conversation. It's meant to draw each of us into, it's kind of an eye-opener for us if we listen to it. Why are you searching for me? So let's let's act like Jesus is talking to us this morning. Why are you searching for me? Why are you searching for me? Why should you care about Jesus? What is it that you want from Jesus? Do you want him to come and be where you're at? Do you want him to come and do something for you? Do you need his help for some reason or another? Do you you need him to guarantee that you'll have a trouble-free life if you follow him? Maybe you need him so he'll guarantee that you'll be successful in life. Or you can have a nice home and a, and a good income. Maybe you want to follow him because, because you want to be popular and, and well-known in the community of the world. Maybe you're looking for him so you can impress him with all the things you've accomplished in your life. And, and maybe if you impress him, you see, you'll guarantee a way into heaven with all the things you've done, all the things you've accomplished. Or do you want to search for him so that you can be where he is? Do you want to search for him perhaps so that you can join him in his father's house? In his father's business? So that you can be involved in his father's affairs? It's a place where God abides, you see. So that you can be closer to him. So that you can live like Him. So that you can be like Him. So that you can be full of, of grace. And so you can be full of love and compassion. What are you most concerned about? Are you concerned about your stuff and the, and the things that you so desperately want? Or are you more concerned about the things of God? About the, about the ways of God? about the poor and the hungry about those on the outside looking in like we talked about on christmas eve about those less fortunate that you are you see that's god's business and that's where jesus is involved in god's affairs now i started off this morning with a with a funny poem about christmas and I want to end today on a, on a little more serious note. It's a poem by, by Howard Thurman. Howard Thurman was a black preacher who preached during the Civil Rights Movement a number of years back, and it's called The Wor- Work of Christmas. It says, When the song of the angels is still, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas then Begins to find the lost, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild nations, to bring peace among brothers, to make music in the heart. So let me ask you this this morning who are you searching for? And why are you searching? Maybe the question should be this. Who is really lost this morning? Is it Jesus? Or is it you? And secondly, how are you going to know when you find him? Or how will you know when he finds you? You know, you'll know, you see, when you feel that that need deep down inside of you to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild nations, to bring peace among brothers and make music in your heart, that's when you'll know. That is when you'll know. Amen. Amen.